0: You're listening to Lost at 40, Gopi Chat with Alex Lowe. The idea of this podcast was envisioned during the circuit breaker in Singapore in April 2020. A good buddy of mine and I were catching up over a Zoom video call about our struggles and aspirations, and we concurred that there must be many other men out there in their 40s being breadwinners with the responsibility of family and also having the duty of elderly to care and worry for. We felt that starting conversations around our ups and downs in our personal and professional journey would be a good platform for others to share and discuss as well. It could be wonderful for other men in similar situations to know that they are not alone and that they either find solutions through our conversations or find some common ground to speak about certain issues and struggles that might be preventing them from optimising and maximising their roles as husband, father and son. I want to break the social norm of what society sees and needs from a man in his 40s, and I want men to be able to identify themselves as unique individuals with heart and that duty of care. In Lost at 40, I will cover the topics of health, caregiving slash parenting, career and retirement. And these will revolve around the pillars of leadership, resilience and sustainability. If you've liked what you've heard so far, then I invite you, to listen on. I really have no answer to this question. Uh, I've had some thought about it. Uh, I really don't know. Uh, sometimes I, I feel that you know I want to wait for the to cross the wait to get to the end of the bridge before I cross it. <laughs> this is season one, episode four of six with my Kopikaki Tony Leong, the man that I had those initial conversations of struggles and aspirations with, and the man who encouraged me to start Lost at 40. I hope you will enjoy yourselves as we talk about parenting and caregiving, the concerns we have as father, son and husband, and being sandwiched between caring for our own offspring and our elders. We talk about how nurture in the environment helps to set values for our children, and what it means living in an extended family nucleus, and the importance of communicating our thoughts and feelings when it comes to dealing with our respective parents, so that we can move forward together as a family unit. So welcome to Lost at 40, Kopi chat with Alex, and I've got my uh, co-host with me today, As as have been uh, so many weeks already, Tony, Tony Leong, and last week, last week we we took uh, a break because Tony was feeling unwell. But we are back today, and this week we are going to be talking about parenting slash caregiving. So actually, yeah. we we can or we have uh, bundled it all together uh, under the term caregiving because caregiving could mean caregiving for a child. Uh, so younger person or caregiving for uh, elders of parents that uh, might be living with us or parents that might be living uh, on their own but uh, we still need to be uh, worried and concerned for them i think um, today's session let us first talk about the uh, worries or concerns right that we currently have uh, with regards to Caregiving, so caregiving for a uh, young child or caregiving for uh, our elders. Uh, myself, uh, my girl is two, so I've been a dad for two years already. Uh, my parents, uh, my dad is turning 80 next year, and my mom is 11 years his junior, so she is 69. In fact, she just turned 69. Uh, last week on the 10th of October so uh, of course this is just my side of the family right I also have my in-laws which are considered uh, so my in-laws I live with my in-laws and in-laws are in their late 60s coming uh, 70 already so uh, young person to care for uh, old people to care for as well just to set some context uh, before I go into the concerns or worries um, pertaining to Current, uh, Tony. Maybe
1: you can share a bit about your current situation as well. Mm. So, uh, I have two two kids, eleven and six. Um, my parents are staying with me. Uh, like most traditional Chinese families, so almost every weekend I will we go back to um my mother-in-law or my father-in-law part of the family where uh we spend time with them. They they stay they stay uh, largely with uh their daughter. My sister-in-law. So, uh, yes, aptly with regards to caregiving, I think it's very aptly to say that. Uh, thankfully, that there, there are uh, the younger generation looking after them, and that they, that's that's uh, with regards to our own children, my own children, and um, the children of my sister's side. I think also very thankfully the children are much looked after with very involved parenting ongoing yeah and i I
0: think that this uh for caregiving of elders uh, it doesn't just apply to people with family right people like you and me with young family so people with who have no children and uh, even unmarried uh they are also uh, they also have to be giving that same sort of uh, care and uh, concern for the caregiving of their elders right um you mentioned that once a week you visit your in-laws right so uh once a week every sunday i i visit my my parents Uh, i live in the east side so i live in mountain right now and my parents live in tanamera so proximity is actually fairly near so not that difficult to to uh, get to and i think it's important for um my girl to actually be seeing uh, the grandparents at least once a week so there's that good uh, relationship and that good interaction right Um, in terms of uh, concerns right right now uh, so uh, it's good that you mentioned asian family it's good that you mentioned uh, chinese traditional family i think that uh, as chinese as asians i mean predominantly in singapore most uh, most people would be caring for their Uh, ld parents right so uh, uh, i am the middle child i've got a younger sister and i've got an older brother so my which both of them have their respective uh families and my sister has been living in hong kong for i think almost 10 years already Mm -hmm. and my brother has been living in uh Hong Kong and then now in China for also more than 10 years so I'm the only one uh, in Singapore if there's anything that uh, if there's there's any caregiving that needs to be given uh, it would have to be uh, on my I wouldn't say on my shoulder but on my immediate responsibility right so but I think as siblings we all contribute uh, financially to the expenses of the that uh, the household of that my parents live in and of course yeah. parents themselves also have their own savings and whatever so uh, financially i think everything is fine but uh, assuming status quo everything financially everything is fine uh, the main concerns i think uh, we have or that i have would be um as parents uh Get older, right? Uh, they uh, not as agile, right? Uh, even right now, or for the past, I think five years already. You know, parents have complained about oh, uh, knees are painful, knees are weak. I think that's one of the main concerns. Uh, almost, I think eight years back, my mom actually fell from the flight of stairs. So they live in a, a two-story uh, uh, landed property, and she fell and she broke her hip. Right, so she actually has a hip replacement and. Uh, she spent a couple of months uh, in the hospital and recovering and right now i think because of that hip imbalance uh, she has had to deal with uh, more pain in the knees and even her ankles uh, so that i think is something that uh will will forever be something that's bothering her uh, recently uh, in the past 10 weeks i actually engaged a physical therapist to uh with her once a week to teach her on strengthening as well as uh, stretching exercises and it has actually helped uh, her uh, with her pain with her mobility and for balance so my mom is slightly okay i wouldn't say slightly my mom is uh her bmi is very high right so uh and because the BMI is very high, uh, okay, BMI is a uh, body mass index, right? So that's <clears throat> weight divided by your height uh, times height, so uh, s- square root of square root of the height, and uh, it's probably in the thirty-five, maybe even forty range. So because BMI is high, her, her balance is also uh, not so good, and because of that, also uh, it affects the, uh, the way that uh, she she moves around. Right? So I think uh, main concern. Uh, Thankfully, for for me right now is uh, mobility issues, and uh, I don't. I'm worried like, that my parents and my dad is still very active. You know, he cycles to the market to buy, buy food, buy groceries, and and all of that. And before the uh, ban on the uh, e-bikes, right, he was using the e-bike. <laughs> but be, because of the ban, right now, so using the e-bike, he would travel maybe fifteen minutes on the e-bike to the wet market. But with with the ban now, he takes like 35, 40 minutes. And he still bothers to do that cycle, put everything in in the the basket in the front of his bike and at the back of his bike, and he still comes back because he enjoys that as a, a, a weekly routine or weekly exercise, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I think main concern for me is uh, for my parents uh, falling, right? So, if they fall, uh, brittle bones, uh, I think it's going to be difficult. Uh, in terms of the caregiving uh, thereafter and uh in terms of other ailments uh, thankfully nothing very major right uh mom has hypertension dad has uh high cholesterol but that's all under control and so far nothing uh, apart from the little niggles of aches and pains here and there uh, which i've managed to uh provide different forms of therapy or different forms of uh, supplements. I think that has been fairly well managed. Um, <clears throat> what What about for yourself in terms of uh, health concerns for uh, uh, your parents? And I think, we, let's talk about health concerns first before we talk about uh, relationship, managing relationships and all these other things that we might actually need to be juggling.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, in a nutshell, I think most agree that caregiver stress. I think thankfully... Uh, when when most studies uh, revolve around caregiver stress per se uh, most of them refer to uh, caregiving for a person who has a certain illness a certain probably difficulty in managing their um, daily life activities so I, again thankfully i think on my side um, a lot of times my parents uh, they are pretty uh, independent so in fact i depend a lot on them in caregiving for my children all right so um and caregiving part on my side like what alex you said is about probably managing the um uh, giving them some allowance uh so they can manage their uh, daily expenses uh checking in with them if they have a need to go for uh, a checkup with the gp uh well my 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 mom has uh some conditions with her back and her hands recently even for the past two years right so there were times where uh, there's a need for her to attend some review at a doctor's site so and i think it makes it makes a lot of um, difference when there's uh, a children or dependent are uh, living near to an elderly so at least there is a there's a check in right i mean like like what you did at Alex, so you so, so you you visit your your, your parents on a, on a basis where you, on a daily basis where you can see how, how they are and therefore you know about your mom's uh, hip bone uh, incident. So I think that the, the, the regular check-in makes sense and thankfully the, the stressful part of it where caregiver stress is something that's always take along these two words, the stressful part of it is not as imminent as most others that I've seen in my in my work. right? So I, I work with the community and there are, there are some families who really have a lot of caregiver stress that's happening. and Additionally, also like what you say, Alex, that um, the finance may not be adequately enough to manage the particular uh, condition or the situation. So it's that it's probably like one and one issue together, right? The caregiving of a person as well as the financial means to manage the uh, the condition itself that's affecting the person. Yeah. So so that part I'm thankful, on in that sense
0: well it's it's very uh, apt for you to mention the word uh, stress right of caregiving because I've never really tagged it or associated with stress I just thought of it more of like a concern or a worry because stress seems to be a, a greater uh, it's like greater magnitude in terms of uh, the effect that it can have on uh, yeah. our emotional and psychological state right and um, I think that uh, it's also very good that you mentioned uh your parents are actually the uh, 50% caregiving or caregiver for your children. Yeah. Right? So yeah. that I think uh, if, if we were to talk about an extended family nucleus, uh, which I think maybe majority of uh, Singapore families uh, are experiencing that sort of uh, um, support, I think that that is good. Mm. So having that sort of support, right? Um. So if we were to use our three pillars of the Lost at 40 conversation, which mm. is, uh, First of all, leadership. Uh, Second thing is uh, resilience. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is uh, sustainability, right? Um, Mm -hmm. How would you then uh, equate? uh, Let's talk about leadership first. Mm -hmm. So for me, I I think uh, it's uh, definitely walking the talk, right? So how how we uh, act or react uh, to our parents uh, is something that we are mimicking Mm -hmm. For our children to see, right? So we need to walk the talk. We need to make sure that we are setting a good uh, role model and example in terms of the uh, character development as well as the values that we're trying to impart. So, key thing, of course, is you know respect for the elders. I think that is is yeah. a key thing. So how how you treat your parents, how you uh, respecting, how you speak to them, how you uh, react to them in certain situations. I think uh, yeah. The young children definitely see, and they will they will copy. Right? So I think that's important. Um, and I, do you think that it makes a difference whether or not um, you live with your uh, parents, whether it's you know in laws or uh, paternal side? Uh, in terms of the relationship that you have, in terms
1: of the degree of stress that you, you might be experiencing? <laughs> I'm not so sure whether that's why you agree. And uh, my wife is around here somewhere. But I, I, would, I, would, I, would, I would say anyway. So, so many years back, and I, I think it's... it's uh, I, I would think it's particularly Chinese, traditional Chinese. Uh, people like us. So, so many years back, and in fact, uh, all my marriage life, only for a short period where... My parents don't stay with me because I'm transiting to. I was transiting from my my home to a matrimonial house, right? So so probably about four months before they sold their we sold our flat and then they came in uh, stay with us. But except for that, right? So so then we were having a discussion with my wife and then and then uh, about anticipating about hey, you no know, staying with my parents. How 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 is it like? How will it be like and whatnot, right? Then I realized the difference when I say. So she so she, she cited like this uh worries, like hey, you know, uh, a daughter-in-law, so she said this a daughter-in-law staying with uh a mother-in-law is different from a son-in-law staying with a mother-in-law. I say, it's still the same, right? I mean, it's still it's still uh, an in-law kind of relationship. So I so I cited, like, if I would stay with your mother-in-law, that would be pretty cool, man. Because it's like another. No, that like another um, member of the family not not so uh, not you're not so used to and and it's pretty new but yet it can become a family and it's about learning to get together and learning to know each other <laughs> there' a difference traditionally uh, ladies and her family is like, okay I would say that her family right so her mom has given the values that you know when you when you get married and you are in uh, the household of uh, your, your husband and when the parents comes along, uh, how you love your husband will be equally how you love the parents and therefore she sees it as a, a, a way of uh, No matter what happens the respect the the caregiving uh, the love for the whole family stays and sustains So then I and I did not know it gave her a other little, little kind of stress in that sense So it's like so no matter what was happening within the communication interaction like she, she would portray And she would at the end of the day tell herself that hey this is, a, this is a family of my husband and I would want to show the respect to them. Right? So therefore, she said, it is different because she told me that she's already expected to have that. Whereas for me, she sees me and my my-in-law my is like a hee-haha I can just joke about it and can just get nonsense about what other things. Whereas on, on her side, she, she realized that she won't be because her mom has given her the, the particular context that, you know, show that due respect is, uh, to them. yeah mm -hmm. yeah, sorry yes Alex go no I think that it is so I'm on the other side of the fence right because I live with my
0: in-laws and uh, yes and I think it really depends on the upbringing so it's very uh it's very right for you to mention you know how your wife uh, was actually brought up by the family to be like that and I think right now since we're also on this topic it's it's a matter of how we want to uh, impart those values yeah Uh, to our children, right? So that yeah. when that time comes for them to be either uh, deciding to live on their own or deciding to live with their in laws or not, yeah. I think uh, that time will eventually come. But I think we need to prepare them. Uh, uh, it's about nurture, right? To nurture them to, to, yeah. to, um, to be thinking this in the same uh, wavelength as us, right? Uh, but yeah. then again, yeah. if if that is different from the wavelength that they, they, their, their partner or their future spouse is going to be thinking, then that's going to be <laughs> a problem as well. Um, but so I I think it it varies, and you know it it doesn't just vary Chinese family or Singaporean family. I think even uh, different uh, races also deal with things like that differently. So a bit a little bit difficult to comment, right? I think. Um, depends on the upbringing of the child depends on the upbringing of uh the family uh and how they typically see uh such relationships between uh, son-in-law uh and uh mother-in-law or mother-in-law and a daughter in law you know that sort of thing yeah but uh good it's right that you it's good that you mentioned that i think at the end of the day my conclusion to that is you know um Seeing what we are seeing right now, uh, we learn from the experience and you know what do we want to teach our children? Uh, when they? You've, you've got a boy and a girl, right? So you would be experiencing yeah. both sides. I've got a girl. Uh, so <laughs> when the time comes, but I think it's about how we nurture them and what, what the sort of values that we impart. Another thing that I picked out from this is also um, we need to communicate with the spouse, right? I think um, I, I lived on my own before uh, and I've also... Uh, you know, after I got married, I moved in with my in-laws. Uh, but of course, preferably we want to stay on our own, right? Because we've got the independence, we've got the autonomy. Uh, we can do whatever we want. You know, we can leave the house as messy as we want. I don't have to answer to anybody, right? Uh, that sort of thing, right? Uh, uh, but <clears throat> I think uh, the way the we've communicated between husband and wife is that okay i think this is the best for us this is good for us this is good for the family and what is it good for in the uh, short term midterm and long term and i think that uh, since i got married i even before i got married i was still actually only after i got my daughter to be honest with you uh was, i was still thinking sometimes in silo you know yes no doubt we were married but sometimes i'll think in silo uh, and not think about husband and wife as a unit together but it was only after the little one came along that you know i suddenly had that mind switch or that mindset switch and you know everything is thinking as a family unit so how do we uh, move together as a family unit right whether it's it doesn't matter whether it's with uh, my side of the family or her side of the family or whether it's relocating to another country, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. It's about having to uh, that sort of communication between a husband and wife and thinking and uh, planning and thinking and talking about the short-term, mid-term as well as long-term, right? I think um, yeah. that, that's what we, we have done. I think uh, sometimes uh, I don't do it so well. I don't, I don't communicate it so well. And I am very thankful that, you know... Uh, my 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 wife is uh, sometimes uh, able to you know s- knock me on the head and say hey, you know I think it's time to have that conversation right. Uh, but sometimes I get so lost and then I get so bogged down by the the things that I need to do on a daily basis that uh, I forgot to have. Uh, I I tend not to have those conversations. Yeah. W- w-
1: <laughs> what about for yourself, Tony? I think well, um, at least for me, I think it, it helps when I'm the there's a flag guy comes when it comes to to so talking or, or communicating with my my parents in law. So it's like uh and I think it works both ways. It worked both ways because um as much as I sometimes will have um difficulty probably communicating certain things with my parents, that I'll I have my, my, my wife say, hey, uh, help me give a chit chat to my parents. Uh, because, and because and that helps, all right, because they they will probably will tell her things, will speak to her in different manners that they probably will not Come and probably talk to me, and on my side, similarly, when, when she says that, hey, my mom need probably, probably, uh, you say her mom will probably need certain things, and probably um uh, herself or probably um the children probably have some um, constraint communicating that kind message to her, right? That's okay. Why don't I go and talk to her? So so that that kind of relationship helps out, I would think, and uh and it helps both ways, all right? And and therefore. Like, like what you say, is is very uh helpful when this kind of like inter um interrelational dynamics happening between both both sides of families and the, the caregiving, I would say is is double uh more than is uh doubly helpful, more than it's doubly stressful in that sense.
0: What about resilience, right? How would you equate that to
1: um you know yeah. uh, caregiving? Caregiving, and, right. Um, mm. uh, and it's definitely a lot. Uh, of it uh, being seen here uh like I, I love how you mentioned when leadership is about how we role model how we nurture our children into having how we want them to see how to treat our elderly right similarly for uh, resilience um it is uh one of the main things that came to me is about how do we manage that relationship between people right as, as i said uh, initially right it's never easy to manage uh, in law and uh, a child kind of relationship so resilience comes in about seeing uh, what's the better, having us understand that, you know, this is not uh, something that is going to bring the family. Um, it's not going to be something that is going to be not so healthy for the family. Res- residence comes in when each other give affirmations, give the, the, uh, the family uh, a, a part of the uh, strengths in our daily communication Resilience comes the way where we want to have each other grow from whichever challenge in whether it's communication, is it living together, or is it about uh, us uh, having each other in our, in our presence. So in COVID-19, during the circuit breaker, uh, as part of my work, I, I realised there was a lot, quite a huge number of uh, families who, are, who were so-called staying together because of circuit breaker. So they cannot go out in the initial phase, right? So residents become a very key factor of how they mingle because of the constant proximity of each other. So that is very evident. And during those times, my family at least we saw that particular bond grows, are uh, stronger. Because we realize the part of how we would want to be spending time together in a more purposeful manner. So during those times, I will see that our families in certain situations are uh, because of probably the lack of, uh effective communication and care resilience becomes one of the things that they probably want to be uh to be working on more more than more than not i would say thanks for
0: sharing tony right i mean for me resilience is uh about living harmoniously together that's how i see it right so um respect is one thing uh but living harmoniously together There's always, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, more right, more wrong, but uh, it doesn't really matter. Sometimes at the end of the day, so how is it that you're going to be um, backing down? Maybe if that's a right word to use, such that uh, yeah. everybody lives harmoniously together, right? And yeah. and what is the short term, mid term, and long term goal that we are looking at? So I think that that is something that uh that that I. I keep in mind all the time what's mm. the long, the short-term, long-term, short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals, and what do I need to be doing to be living harmoniously with everybody. I think that is what uh, I term as resilience. I'll use an example: uh, my parents, for example. Uh, and in my younger days, you know, sometimes dad and mom would do something that I really dislike, and I'll always fight with them over it. And um, but they will keep doing it. And I will keep feeling upset about why they're doing it. Why are you wasting money to do this? Why are you wasting time to do this? You know, I I don't appreciate it. But at some point it hit me that by doing things like that, they actually feel like they're, they're doing their, their way of caregiving for me. Right. And by preventing them from doing that, because I don't like it, I'm actually preventing them from showing their care and concern and love for me. And therefore I stopped doing it. I just, uh, appreciated whatever they were doing even though i i either didn't like it or i i felt that it was a waste of time or waste of resources mm. or money uh and then you know we started living more harmoniously so that mm. was that's just a simple example right of 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 how uh i i managed to overcome that with my parents and yeah um yeah yeah but i guess it's you know different from individual to individual as well uh, yeah depends on personality or character of that particular person but uh, that's how uh, i've overcome uh, in terms of uh, resilience right uh, living how do you live harmoniously with 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 uh, people that we are caregiving for and what about then uh, sustainability right so i'm going to bring up a little bit of a, a topic that most people don't like to talk about uh, uh, so you know, as 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 elders progress, right, and you know, if their their health does not uh, allow them to be uh, caregiving for themselves, uh, if they are not able to be uh, cared for within the, the same household, then that's where elders will need to be uh, relocated to nursing, uh, yeah. for example, yeah. right. So yeah. uh, I think it's uh, some nowadays I don't think it's that bad already you know uh, the elders themselves as well as uh, the children are actually saying that yeah that is the next course of action already but there always will be some form of guilt right that we might feel like you know I'm not able to take time out uh, to care for my parents and we hear a lot of stories also where uh, parents are not well and uh, children actually change their lifestyle entirely uh, or change their job or quit their job and you know spend 100% of their time caring for parents because uh, that's exactly what our parents did for us right they cared for us uh, you know with whatever job or they they quit their job and whatever changed job and they did that for us to bring us up why wouldn't we be doing the same to be caring for them in their later years so uh, yeah. I. I really have no answer to this question. Uh, I've had some thought about it. Uh, I really don't know. Uh, sometimes I I feel that you know I want to wait for the to cross the wait to get to the end of the bridge before I cross <laughs> it. But you know I know that there's somewhere there that needs to be addressed, needs to be talked about, and it's a worry and it's a concern. Uh, because as I get older, so are my parents, and therefore I'm getting closer to the end of that bridge, right? But mm, mm. Um, I really don't know the answer to this. Uh, and sometimes, you know, I speak to my wife about it, but uh, some, and we always have no conclusion, lah. So I don't know what from a, from your perspective, how do you uh, bridge that uh, sustainability part of
1: uh, caregiving for parents? Um. Uh, and you're right to say you no. Know, i like this that, that has uh, this this is a very difficult um topic. Up to as you're trying to as you're saying it, I am not I have that in my mind with regards to my parents mm. because it has across my mind that probably they will be needed to relocate. Mm. Uh, but because of my experience with my my grandma and my granddad, so at a point of time there was um. There was a need to relocate them because of caregiving uh, needs. So, uh, and uh, my grandma was staying with me for, for a period of time before she was relocated. And um, come to a point where her medical needs uh, and her basic needs can't be met by even our helper. So that there needs to be some medical care and professional help that given to her. So we, we made the hard choice of uh, bringing her to, to a home, to a nursing home. And and it was hard because uh, knowing her and... wanting her to have one uh intimate connection with family so uh understand that it wasn't easy for her but at the same time we also understand that there's probably the way that she can probably get the best help that she could within, within the within the home itself yeah so yes agree that it's not easy but it is something that we need to probably think about and probably the conversation with these topics might want to happen earlier with the elderly sooner than later so that's a there's a bit more prep uh to it and like what we mentioned right so for to, sus- to sustain that particular whether is it the relationship to sustain the family dynamics to sustain the part where caregiving can still may be maintained for the kids if the kids are still young then this composition about the plan should probably be way ahead more than more than not lah, in that sense
0: mm good answer to that right yeah so i think it's about having that conversation early to uh, ensure that there is a plan for sustainability yeah and rather than taking my approach which is you know wait until you cross the bridge and then we <laughs> decide
1: what to do but it's not easy <laughs> and, la, right? i mean I, I wouldn't have brought the topic if not for your reminder yeah it's not easy
0: yeah i mean it's it's always been there at the back of my head subconsciously and i think that it involves many parties right uh if you have many siblings involved it involves many siblings uh if i mean it also of course involves the uh, person directly uh, who is due to be going to the home for the caregiving right and you know at some point sometimes you if you, you you take on something like this too late then uh the person that needs to be uh, given that caregiving for in the home might not even be of sound mind already to acknowledge yeah. any of this, right? So I think having something, having this conversation uh, early is, is definitely good. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the that tip there, right, Tony. And so let's move on to something a little bit more lively, which is our mm. children, our kids, right? So we <laughs> we've talked about leadership, resilience, and sustainability, caregiving for uh, elderly, which is our parents. Um, yeah. For kids, uh, our children, uh, the sort of caregiving, I guess you know, typical worries or typical concerns for me is uh, always about uh, the discipline uh, of the child, right? At least for now, mm. So for you, it's probably a, a backtrack of uh, what 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 you were doing, you know, many years ago. But for me, it's really about character development. What do you teach? Uh, what are the teachable moments? Um, how do we want to be uh, disciplining her, on what you can do, what you cannot do? Uh, I don't think it's so much of a care uh, concern or worry. Um, I think that comes with um, it's like a progression kind of thing. But uh, for me, it's really about the education as well, right? So I think primary school. You know, then I haven't even thought about uh, secondary school. But it's really the first thing, important thing. So we've really enrolled her in childcare, uh, oh, which was nice. For, uh, it, which will start in January next year. But mm-hmm. I think it's moving forward, is the uh, primary school, which every Singaporean parent talks about how difficult it is to get your child into school. And that for me is, is uh, I think, is a stress point, la, right? Uh, because if as parents, uh, we don't do our part to ensure that the child is able to get that first um, step. Uh, mm. Or that, for, uh, that uh, getting ahead in the game, right? Uh, yeah. Then does that mean he or she will be falling behind uh, eventually? Uh, what What is your
1: uh, take on that, Tony? It's a <laughs> it's a very hard subject, so <laughs> because I am a I work in the community, right? So <laughs> and people have always been what social justice and equality. At, on one point, I agree that um, the educational system is. Uh, it fits in all children uh, uh, as they enters the uh, each level of their uh, the education. On the other hand, right as a person who deals with child developmental uh, uh, concerns and issues, there is definitely a a difference if there is a different engagement of the mind of the younger minds when they when they were uh, uh, when they're growing so a child a young child three four years old um, the brain theories explains or shows that if there is a more sustained engagement and more exposure to um, to experiences nature nurture wise of it that the brain is a bit more regulated the, um, the person the temperament can be a bit more regulated and given that if the if the child enters an environment example in a primary school environment where he or she expects to work in groups, right? So the particular personal leadership, the particular personal, uh, uh problem solving, um, relationship building kind of, uh, competencies would show up as compared to a person probably who have little experiences, uh, little, sorry, little uh, opportunity to experience the nature nature, nurture or not exposed to as much as, uh, the social, emotional and engagement uh, part of it, right? And when they enter the, the um, a, a school environment where they expected to work in groups right that those skills could be slightly lacking right so yeah so it's a two, different, two, two, two different thoughts here is it okay to send a, the the kid to school without those experiences yes of course because eventually the educational system will take care of it some parents say, hey i want to have my child be slightly a bit more uh informed a bit more uh have a bit more of those competencies before they go in. Is it okay? Yes, definitely it is. Right. So at the end of the day, when because how the child behaves in school, right? Again, traditionally, when it comes back, is how the parents respond to it, right? <laughs> so the child comes and say, Hey, I am so and so and I am doing so and so, and then I, I I had this feeling. If the parents are pretty open, say, hey, great, no great experience. I think this is something you could learn, learn more, isn't it? Yes. That helps again build the interaction. So no problem, right? you child comes and say, hey, you know, when this thing happens, I can't I can't respond to it, and then I, I feel a bit this and this, and then I, I don't know where how. If the parents react to it and says hey, you know, maybe I should give you some of the skills now. So the anxiety also from the parents also will probably have the child thinking, Hey, am I too late to have this kind of uh, competencies? So it's it's it both it will both ways, lah, right? How much you want. If you are if you prepare to have the kid go through a certain interaction before before the formal education, then that is an informed choice we make. And hopefully your child also understands the informed choice. If you are not, then also hopefully the parent and the adult themselves also have that particular informed choice to respond when the kid comes back with the response that they're supposed to be anticipating. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, Tony, right? <laughs> So I I
0: I so I see a leadership uh, pillar here already when we talk yeah. about uh, uh, parenting, right? So what do we focus on as the parents, right? And what is it that we keep um, reinforcing uh, as the child uh, is uh, going through the different stages? And I think that um, I'm taking a very values based approach to parenting, right? So yeah. it need not necessarily be. Um, success dependent i think it's a very values-based approach to education and and parenting and that is what i hope i can be uh, resilient enough to not be um, affected by uh, societal and peer pressure to change the way that uh, i have decided to parent uh, together with my wife right so i think that is something that um, we are working on, and I think uh, you're right to say that you know it's how the parent reacts, uh, and the, how the parent responds to everything that the child uh comes to them with, right? And you know, I I, I think I will, in my best capacity, of course, I'll try to put my give my child the best education possible, uh, uh and um whether it's social development or cognitive development but uh, it has to be a values based uh, approach towards everything that we are doing la, and not a uh, task uh, goal or, or success driven sort of uh, approach mm-hmm. so i think hopefully with that right uh, the, the the and being resilient to uh, the pressures of uh, peers or society or whatever uh, we're able to sustain that that's how i would see uh, um, the the role of uh, as a parent right uh, and i mean do, do you think that you have you changed your approach towards parenting since you started uh, i mean from the first child to the second child and yeah. you know the different stages that they've been through
1: yeah at least it, right different stages and also uh, myself as i have different life stages so when i was my have my my first born i was in a different i was slightly in a different state of my career compared as i, as I have, uh, am now so also the, the parenting knowledge increases lah, right so even as a trained um, a person who is in this work uh, for many years and if my first child uh, a father is still a father a parent is still a parent and it was a new uh, new adventures for me so and therefore, there's also some parenting methods that I felt, hey, I, I think I could have done better in that sense. Mm-hmm. And I share this in almost every class that I go to when I was teaching the developmental theory. I say, as much as I'm a trained person, there'll be pitfalls that I'll fall inside, all right. So, um, and you could be aware, but because it is so real for you, because you are a parent, right? So therefore, you begin to, to question some of this theory. How how much does it work? But in fact, what we what I forgot at the part time was that theory and and engagement and parental Knowledge is one thing, but the person to execute it is another. You see how I how I interpret those theories and those parental <laughs> knowledge. Right? So, so that has changed uh, for the second one. And in fact, it, it has to change, I told myself, and I told I told some of my students, is because um children are different, right? Folks are different and different strokes are needed. So, so we, 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 can't, we can't be having uh, similar engagement, although we thought that we are the same parent, but we are not, because matter how we try to be uh what 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 do you call that um non-biased no consistent how do you have to try consistent right it will be different because the younger one comes along the older one is really has been has been there different gender if let's say it happens right it's gonna be not the same right so I'm not gonna kid myself I say hey uh, you're the same family you will be the same no you will not that's one second uh because there is an that is another example is two children right the firstborn is there and there must be a role given to the firstborn. So in a family, the firstborn, the 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 elder one, is given a role of helping in uh, educating the, the younger one. And from the start, I've already decided, and and this is something that initially it was it was a it was a theory that I'm testing, and it's a it's a proven theory that if children are involved in parenting, or I would say involved in helping the parents parent the other children, right? The leadership of how they are when they engage other um other um other facets of their life how they engage the human interaction, right will grow because that part of the school has been already done at, at home really, and that's also when we have a chance to see the siblings interaction and also ch- a chance for, also for the younger one to see how the caregiving should be like so that when he goes to schools so the, the the older one doesn't have a chance to see how bullying is like very frequent in schools uh, as much as it's not being reported probably but very frequent Right, and it happens. Not not, not that it's bad, but it happens because of because it, it is That's how that's how it way it is, right? Uh, children grow, and therefore, as as I see a younger person comes in, I want to test and try part and parcel of a school life. But the, the but the younger one has a chance to see. I have a chance to see because that's how she she will see how, expectedly, an older person is supposed to take care of her. And if that so sort, sort of like doesn't fit into what she sees at school, she comes back and she reports, and that's, therefore we have a chance to. So I teach her some of some other matters. So therefore, it, it, it is it is how I think it's relevant. And uh you talk about how, how this being sustainable, it is because especially in COVID and with such a situation and pandemic, right? It is we are already also staying away from academic-based success. Not that it's bad, but it is something that we want to do more than just being academic-driven. Right? Like I I I'm aligned to what you say, value-based driven, where values. Form the centeredness, the, the groundedness of a person, and if, you, if, I, will, if I may quote Stephen Covey, right? the author of Seven Habits, you see, most of the, our values as we go towards um, engaging outside of our, ourselves, So they, he, he calls it public victory. right? So before we can go on public, public victory, I think one of the main things that we need to understand is what are the private victories that we can have, and those private victories are being grounded and being uh, centered around our values. And rightfully right values are slightly more sustainable because it can be parked in any way and anyhow in any place that you are in right where is it covid or whether is it so-called pre-covid norms it is it, it, still are uh, uh, valid and it still are uh, applicable thank you tony right
0: definitely uh, giving me lots of inspiration to have a number two so that um... <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow <laughs>
0: But yeah, I can see how the dynamic immediately changes once you have a second child. And I think that if you have a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, uh, or not that I want to, but uh I can imagine a whole team, right? <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine how the dynamics can just immediately yeah. change. And as a parent, um, you then need to rethink about how you nurture uh, the different experiences. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think very good right uh today's topic actually we covered parenting as well as caregiving for uh can caregiving for younger as well as uh, elders and i think we very um well crafted how it should be in the different three pillars leadership resilience and sustainability um for those of uh, you listening in today it's maybe it's your first time you don't know you know what this is all about uh, tony and myself we are both uh, in our 40s and um with young family as well as uh, parents, uh, elderly parents. So we thought that as men, uh, there are certain things that we don't talk about very much. And, having this copy chat conversation we identified four topics right so the first we talked about was uh, on career oh no actually the first topic we talked about was your purpose right finding clarity of your purpose you know uh, what are you do- doing why are you doing what you're doing how do you align your professional life with your uh, your personal life personal life meaning what you do as a person and also family and so that was the first episode we had uh the second thing we talked about was on career so how do we align leadership resilience and sustainability to our career uh, the next topic was on health right no actually sorry the first topic was on health then the second mm. topic was on career because without health which is the cornerstone of life we wouldn't be able to achieve any of the things so health career uh, Today's topic is on uh, caregiving, so parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and next week's topic is going to be on retirement. Right, So the, to, next week's topic will be the end of the session already. And yeah. uh, we've had some good uh, feedback in terms of what we're doing. And what I might continue doing, right, uh, is Tony can take a break so he doesn't have to wake up at 8 a.m. every <laughs> Sunday to, <laughs> to have this copy chat with me. But I might have different guests that come on to speak about uh, specific topics uh, still concerned at uh, lost at 40 but maybe in health you know what are the certain specific health issues that men in their 40s might be facing right uh, yeah. I had a gentleman approach me uh, uh, he, he wanted to talk about uh, erectile dysfunction as well wow. as pre- yeah, and premature ejaculation and you know what are the things that uh, men in their 40s and maybe moving on to the 50s what are their main concerns so something that i might might have a conversation with i don't know let's see how things go and yeah i mean we could even be speaking to uh, uh, financial planners you know how to plan your retirement uh, specific to maybe a career coach you know on uh, what you should be considering if you wanted to switch career uh, uh, mid-career in your 40s right mm. so, so these are things that i think uh, are still very relevant to to people in their 40s and yeah, yeah um i don't we have no questions today actually from uh, our i don't see any now on the screen okay. there might be on the different platforms but i haven't had a chance to look at them but um yeah anything else to add Tony, to today's today's session <clears> was it has
1: been yeah. good um uh, it's not <laughs> i didn't sacrifice my sleep right <laughs> so it's all like, that it's more at like this hour because uh back to caregiving right so my, my kids are, are out and then uh i wish we should spend uh, the time with them and as you know kids are not this is either they're in academics or they are having some other enrichments so so when i uh when alex asked me about this coffee chat so it makes sense for me to have it early in the morning so that after that i can have them cater my time to the kids. Uh it's not sacrifice per se, but it's something that I, I want to do. And as much as it's also uh it is not and some some of my friends might say, but don't don't you have a rest for yourself. I say, but having my time with the kids is also is itself is is for me it's resting. Because I don't spend as much time with them as I wish I could have on, on a daily basis because of my work. All right So having the time with them on the weekend as they go to the enrichments or having just to chat over breakfast, that part that part in itself is already enriching for me. Thank you. Yeah, and I think uh, I've come
0: to realize also, which you know, sometimes people remind you all the time, right? Time, time, time. You can't turn back time, lah. Right. So whatever yeah. has happened, uh, if you miss it, you miss it already. You can try to recreate the moment, but uh, that pocket of time has been lost. Yeah. So we try to make the best of whatever time we have. So I really appreciate your time every sunday morning mm-hmm. tony thank you very much and yeah i think uh we can end today's session right yeah okay so thank you everyone for listening today and uh, we'll catch you again next sunday at 8 a.m it should be my final session with tony so maybe we can have uh like some confetti and uh, we, can, <laughs> we can celebrate that too all right uh have a good sunday everyone and uh, take care bye so, bye I hope you enjoyed Lost at 40, Season 1, Episode 4 of 6 with my Kopikaki Tony Leung. If you have any suggestions of guests who are relevant to the topics of discussion on health, parenting and caregiving, career and retirement, please email me at alexloh.aviryandco.com. I would love to get in touch with anyone who would be able to contribute to the conversations we are having on Lost at 40. To allow more men to be empowered and feel less lost at 40. For more information about me, there's a link in the description that will direct you to the other podcasts that I've done, my social channels and company website. Thank you once again for listening and I'll catch you again next time.